As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. If you're like me, you're currently experiencing painful trapped gas. Join me in this quick yoga session to get the energy flowing and release in peace. Let's begin in tabletop with our wrists under our shoulders, knees under hips. Engage with the breath as we inhale, gaze down, rounding through the spine for cat pose. Envision an energy flowing through you as we exhale, gaze up, and drop the belly for cow pose. Ooh, nice. When you're ready, we'll tuck the toes, pushing the hips up for downward facing dog. Pedal through the feet, walking it out. Now gently lift the left heel, keeping the hips square, and we pulse, pulse, pulse. Now open your hips as you bend and twist your left leg. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast, All Farts Podcast on the Athletic <laughs> Network. It's Tuesday, November 2nd. I'm J.E. Skeets alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. I don't know how you pull that off every day, Skeets. You gotta <laughs> jump right in after the giggles, but you pull it off, man. Uh, we got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Yo! <laughs> Uh, the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. We see you guys. Please make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Later today on YouTube, the Top Shot Hot Boys are back, ripping some moms, and we got a special guest, Lee Ellis, joining us. On the Top Shot Hot Boys. Oh, look at that. He's got the t-shirt on. Go to nodunks.com for gear like that. Um, Yeah, we're actually going to take your poppin' packs idea, Lee. Right. Flip it on its head. Yeah. Use these archive packs that Trey and I have and test your knowledge Mm. of the players within the moments. You'll have to be blindfolded, but yeah. Did that ever happen to Alex Trebek? I don't think so. I mean, no one ever turned it around on him, did they? And say, we're going to start asking you the questions. That's interesting. Yeah, you think once in the history of Jeopardy, they would have done a show where Alex Trebek was like a contestant. Mm, mm, That's a little surprising. Or put him on like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, yeah, you got to figure this sort of thing out. That's wild. Okay. Uh, Lots to talk about. We'll get into uh, Zion Williamson, update on him. 
We'll get into the City Edition jerseys. We teased it yesterday. Also have some great videos already up across all our social media channels, including YouTube. Trey and Tass breaking down some of the jerseys, thumbs up or thumbs down. We'll get into them here, share our favorites, our least favorites and all that. But games talk. That's what we do here on No Dunks. And we're going to start like this. Yes, the Bulls won, and we will get to them. But really, the Celtics are making the headlines this morning here, Tass, because Marcus Smart... He calls on Tatum and Brown, the two Jays there, to pass the ball after the Celtics lose their third straight. A complete meltdown, a collapse against the red-hot Chicago Bulls. But uh, yeah, are we panicking here if you're a Celtics fan uh, with this loss, the start to the season, and what now Smart is saying? I wouldn't be panicking, I guess, because it's the same team from last year. They're 41 and 41. I know they're 2 and 5 this year, but to me, watching the team, I get what Marcus Smart is saying. Because it really feels like last year. Your two top heavy guys, your, your two big scorers are shooting all the shots. And that's okay if you think about it. Uh, when you look across the NBA, best players should shoot the most. Mm-hmm. That being said, I get what he's saying. Like, Let's look at the Clippers situation. You got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard taking all the shots there. But uh, I, they all like each other. They all play together. And those guys allow others like Reggie Jackson to go off in the first quarter and second quarter and do their thing and then they take over late so I get what Marcus Smart is saying it it really does feel like this team thinks it's a little bit better than it is they peaked in the bubble when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals then they decided to play like this where uh, Tatum uh, and Brown are you know the the 1A and 1B on this team and everybody else kind of hangs out but uh, I think it speaks to a bigger problem on this team it's that when you don't play that way offensively, then it bleeds into your defense. That's where they lost in this game. Nobody really wants to work hard on the defensive end, and the Bulls play way more together than the Boston Celtics do. That's just the way it is. And I, I think that um, the, the Celtics really haven't taken this this team identity thing to heart. They, they just haven't. Since the bubble 2020, when it felt like their peak Celtics and they should only propel themselves forward, they should only get better because Tatum and Brown are super young. They haven't. And uh, I, I don't think it's time to panic now because if you look back, this is what they were last year. But it, it is very concerning that they're not better. I know, Skeets, you, you were high on them coming into this yeah. year thinking that they would bounce back. Me too. Jason Tatum missed a bunch of time last year. I thought that was a part of it. So did Jalen Brown. Uh, but it, it is the same team. And I, I, I do think Marcus Smart has something there. I think he is, he is right. Ime Udoka, as a rookie head coach, said we're going to move the ball more in the preseason. But if you watch this team, uh, it, it doesn't feel that way. Everyone doesn't feel involved. And I think that's what happens on the defensive end. I think that's what happens in the second half. Again, your best players should shoot and they had a really big lead in this game because they're that talented but unlike that Clippers team that went to the conference finals last year to me they're just not playing together but uh, they've had a lot of close games because they're super talented the the overtime loss to the Washington Wizards this one they're that good they should be at least a 500 team but I think that's kind of where they're going to end up again and to have two all-stars on your team you should be far better than that they're just not uh, a, a team that's playing together on both ends. Yeah, Trey, unbelievable comeback by Chicago here. They're down 19 in the second half. Oh, yeah. And they win by 14. I mean, you sort of call it close tacit. It wasn't uh, oddly in the end as the Bulls go to 6-1 and one, uh, and DeRozan was money. But both from the Bulls' side of things and the Celtics uh, and their slow start, Trey, uh, what are you seeing here from this squad? 
Unbelievable is the right word for it, Skeets. I was catching up on Succession last night, watching the game on my phone, just updating Laura time and time again. Uh-oh. Bulls are down 19 now. It's the third quarter. This is not looking good so far. But then once I told her at the end, the Bulls won by 14, even Laura was like, what? <laughs> they won by 14? An incredible fourth quarter because Marcus Smart is 100% right about this. Tatum and Brown do not pass the ball unless it's a last resort sort of thing. And that's exactly what was happening last night. The Bulls got very smart with the way they were attacking Jason Tatum. Basically, anytime he would go deep into his bag to start his moves, that's when the double would come. Then he's either going into a whole bunch of traffic or kicking out to a guy who's kind of just standing there and watching him dribbling because that's what the other four Celtics do when either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown is handling the ball. They were both giving the Bulls the business through the first three quarters. I thought both of them were really solid. Obviously, Jalen Brown got really hot from three at one point, but once the Bulls dug in defensively and started double teaming, and really digging down and getting their deflections on, getting their steals on, and just uh, reaching in and uh, getting the ball out, that's when things really, really changed. And, I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, Tatum and Brown have both improved a lot since they've gotten to the NBA, but one thing that has come along a little bit slower is creating for others. They're both really good at getting their own shots, but they kind of duplicate uh, what the other one is doing a little bit of the time, so I don't know. Marcus Smart is theoretically their playmaker out there, but he doesn't handle the ball in a playmaker uh, facility. And if he is handling the ball, you're never sure if he's going to be chucking up three-pointers as well. So, yeah, the Celtics completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. I thought a lot of it was the Bulls playing good defense for sure, but the Celtics were making it kind of easy on them. Yeah, Lee, what'd you do with this one? Did you turn it off when they were up 19 pretty late there in the third and say, okay, well, Celtics got the best of them tonight, but what'd you do? Yeah, well, I actually rewatched that fourth quarter this morning just to sort of see how it unfolded. And, uh, you know, the Celtics, I can understand Marcus Smart being a little upset this morning because they played badly, but that really overshadows just how good Chicago was in that fourth quarter. I mean, DeRozan again. Just that mid-range game, that, that just kills opponents because you just you sort of still don't expect it in today's game that a star player is just going to go to that little mid-range jumper and knock it in time and time again, and he did that. Uh, Io, Io was uh, fantastic as well for the Bulls last night. He's already becoming a fan favorite, I think, with uh, Chicago because he uh, contributes it's defensively. From Chicago. He's yeah. from Chicago, contributes defensively, and he's just got an awesome name. How could you not like this guy? So, uh, But going back to the Celtics, I mean, Jason Tatum, his season right now, the numbers are kind of where they were last year in terms of his points and rebounds, but he's just not shooting the ball very well at all. Certainly not from three, less than 30%. So he's struggling a little bit. He's not as effective as he as they expect him to be for an all-NBA talent. We know how good he is, and they need him to be a little bit better, and maybe that is deferring somewhat. But I also think, you know, Marcus Smart and Schroeder are their point guards. Neither of them, to me, are like a, a pure point guard. Schroeder more so than Smart. So I think that's a part of the problem is who is creating the offense for them. Who's the guy who's sort of setting them up? Smart can fill in kind of like an Andre Iguodala. Like he can play that role a bit, but I don't see him as uh, as a pure point guard. I think that's where uh, Brad Stevens needs to go out and start looking around and see if he can get someone in there who's a little bit more reliable to get guys set up a little bit. Otherwise, it is Tatum and Brown kind of posting up and then like, okay, I'm going to have to create something, and they're not able to do that. Uh, so... That, to me, is probably more the, the uh, problem here for the Celtics is the roster construction. And I think that, uh, that that was a problem coming in. And, hey, John Wall's out there. I don't know if that's uh, anything they can do, but I just think maybe someone like him would be a little bit... Uh, would create a few more opportunities or some better looks for them, at least, because the Celtics 
every game seems like they're in a struggle. They're in a battle and it comes down to the wire. And, and this was one they should not have lost. I mean, when you're up 19, Chicago's been uh, obviously one of the better teams this season. The but at home... Team. The best team, I think you meant to say, Lee. <laughs> one of the best teams, for sure. Um, but uh, they, you know... Oh, wait, I, let me check the standings here. Oh, no. <laughs> Bulls on top. Yeah. It does say the Bulls are on top here. Uh, but uh, they have to, uh, you know, they, they should have been able to close this one out, and they weren't able to. And in fact, watching that fourth quarter, Mike Gorman and Scalabrini, and even watching Ime, Ime Odoka on the sideline... They could tell something was happening early on in this fourth quarter. There was panic in the building, even though they still had, you know, a close to a double-digit lead there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, something's going on here. And the Celtics weren't able to uh, stop the bleeding. Yeah, because it, it happens game in and game out with this team. They know what's happening because this team just isn't on the same page. They don't love each other. There's, there's, they, they, they aren't in harmony. They don't know what they're doing out there. They, they do have a hierarchy and guys aren't playing together. I don't think they need a playmaker at the point guard spot because, like I brought up the Clippers example, Reggie Jackson isn't a playmaker. Uh, they just move the ball enough and there's enough talent out there to, to figure it out. And they are good enough to get a 19-point lead to make it a huge, a huge lead, but they're, they just... They just don't want to scrap together on the defensive end. That's what it seems like. For, you know, we talk about the offense, but it bleeds into the defense. They're, they're, they go hand in hand with this team, and that's why they're an, an exact forty-one and forty-one last year. They're just they're good, um, but they're not as good as they were a couple of years ago. And they, they just the locker room just ain't right. When do we start uh, hearing the I don't know? I guess Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons trade rumors. <laughs> when do those kick up here? How many more losses do the Celtics need to rack up here early till we start getting that? Because, yeah, their defense sucks, too. This is the thing. They're basically the Blazers of the East right now. They have two star guys that could score, don't give you a whole lot defensively, and uh, they're 27th in the league. That's not going to cut it at, at all. You're going to be, yeah, a 500 team or, or below. I don't care how many guys uh, you have on your squad that can go for a 30 in a game in, in like a Brown and Tatum. So, yeah, I don't know if it'll be coming. I don't even know if it works. Uh, when you throw it into the old trade machine, but I'm sure the whispers will be there, just like the Blazers uh, linked with a Sixers type of deal in in a possibility uh, for a couple well months, I guess it was there that was running. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that trade? Is it possible? No, I don't think no. so. I don't think that the Celtics will trade Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I think they will try literally everything else before doing that, which means to me kind of next on the list is Marcus Smart. Like he is a <laughs> Brad Stevens guy. And all the other Brad Stevens guys are gone, and Brad Stevens is now in the front office. So I don't know who else is really left over that has a lot of trade value anywhere else because you're not going to give up your two young stars. But the Celtics need some more depth. Their bench got destroyed by the Bulls last night. You can't guard DeRozan with a second unit guy, basically, is what it was. And he was just kind of hunting down whoever he wanted. I don't think it's a coincidence that Josh Richardson comes to a team and the offense kind of falls off the face of the planet and uh, just not looking as good. The Celtics were completely outclassed in the fourth quarter, especially last night. But the second quarter, I thought the Bulls were pretty good as well. Uh, we see uh, Alex here in the stream team <laughs> wondering if Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens is going to pull a Pat Riley. I guess alluding to the fact that he would fire Yudoka and take over again. Um, sort of like Riley with um, Stan Van Gundy back in the day with the Miami Heat. Go on to win a title. I don't see that happening. Um, well, Marcus Smart just signed that extension too, so mm-hmm. I'm not even sure he's eligible to be traded. Uh, maybe it may be early on, but um, yeah, I mean they just signed him what four years and eighty million, I think, in the off season. So that is Brad Stevens' guy. I mean, it'd be tough for him to cut bait with him this early into the season and lump it on 
on uh, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart wasn't ranting, by the way. I didn't think. In no, that. no. He no. he was pointing out like that's that's what we do, and he's like, Tatum yeah, went one for eight in the fourth quarter yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, he was forcing a lot of the action. He has yeah. done that in a lot of games. Sometimes he comes through, sometimes he doesn't. But they just weren't stopping anyone, like Trey said. I mean, they gave him 128 points last night in regulation. That's a ton. Mm-hmm. And Drozen was cooking them, like yeah. killing them, like switch it up. Uh, maybe the defensive game plan on them. I mean, we saw the, we, we saw what the Knicks tried to do, and to some success, at least, like forcing the ball out of their hands. Uh, but I wasn't seeing any of that from the Boston Celtics last night. Well, all. when the ball was out of uh, the big guy's hands, whether it was Levine or DeRozan, it was going to Vucevic, and he was doing a great job of finding guys on the perimeter. You saw DeRozan hit two corner threes. The bench yeah. was going absolutely crazy. And, I mean, that's just how it is sometimes in the NBA where the points start piling up and suddenly DeMar DeRozan, not a great three-point shooter, can't miss from the corner. Uh, the Celtics got to figure out something fast just because this is going to be a packed Eastern Conference. There's going to be a lot of teams around that 500 mark, and they seem to be one of them. But if you're losing these games against teams you're theoretically going to be competing with down the line, not good. Yeah. Have we had a players-only meeting yet in the NBA? Ah, the Wizards had one but in the preseason, I thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And now right. look at them. They're flying. I know. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. The Celtics might have to yeah. call a players-only meeting here. And, you, know, you know, a little airing of grievances. The mm. smart doing it in the media, that's fine. And you're right, Lee. Like... He said what he said. I don't think he went overboard and sort of like even like sort of massaged it a little bit. He wasn't like just like lambasting them. But yeah, it's a a rough start because I'm with you, Tess. I I did think they were going to be, I thought they were being slept on a little bit. There wasn't a lot of talk about the Celtics in the uh, sort of preseason chatter. It was about all the other teams that would be on the rise in the East. And I thought they were getting overlooked a little bit. And I guess I was wrong so far through seven games. Yeah, it... To me, I thought it would resemble a little bit of the Miami Heat because the Celtics went to the conference finals in the bubble. The Heat went to the finals, obviously. Heat took a step back last year, so did the Celtics. And I thought the Celtics would somehow, you know, with Big Al coming over, Al Horford coming, that, that there would be enough veteran leadership to, to glue the, the incredible talents that they have together. Two all-stars at the top. But I think the key thing from uh, Marcus Smart's rant, answer, whatever you want to call it, was... He said, I just want to play basketball. <laughs> and to him, what they're doing right now isn't playing basketball. Right. And I don't, I don't think that the Jason Tatum eight shots in the fourth quarter is all that horrendous if you play a different way for the first three quarters. You, this, yeah, the, the Bulls ran over them in the fourth quarter. They could do whatever they wanted to this team that just didn't have any fight. Grit, stop it. Get to the corners. Get, don't let Zach Levine do whatever the heck he wants. Uh, but yeah, Vooch was great. And I, I know we've talked about the Celtics a ton, but yeah, the... The Bulls bench again coming through um, a team that you know, wants to play together versus a team that doesn't. But yeah, I thought some way, somehow the Celtics roster would, would figure out a way, but um, they don't have it right now. And yeah, Marcus Smart's mad. He just wants to play basketball. Um, Alex G, who we shared your comment here earlier in the show, he says he's going to be telling his friends uh, that we displayed his message on the stream. Alex, get your friends watching the show. Get your friends subscribed <laughs> to No Dunks on YouTube. You be a friend to us, Alex. Okay, but great message. I like the uh, Pat Riley, uh, Stan Van Gundy callback there here, maybe with a Brad and you, Doka. Okay, anything else on the Bulls, Trey, that you want to slip in here? You're riding high, man. You got you to gotta enjoy it. That's 6-1. and one. The best team, Lee Ellis, uh, in the NBA. But any other notes from this one before we move on? Uh, just interesting uh, to note that it wasn't I who put the Bulls in as the number one and chose to lead them. And it's interesting to note that a team is completely falling apart after losing to the Chicago Bulls. Mm. You might all even say they are back. 
<laughs> they are indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go to uh, the other team that we always talk about on this show. Because they had a good night, too, in MSG. It was OG, baby, going for career best 36 points as the Raptors uh, bing-bonged the Knicks 113-104. And Lee is going to talk about this one first. What, what is going on here? This is, see, this is how, this is teamwork. You know, this yeah. is sharing the ball. Yeah. There's no ball hogs here. Uh, Lee, yeah, what do you want to start with the, the, the Raptors? Impressive win, I thought, in New York. Plenty of uh, things you could point out. I'm going to go specifically to the third quarter because Nick Nurse did not make a single substitution at all in that third quarter. And the Raptors outscored the Knicks 38-22. to OG was fantastic. Freddie was fantastic. Gary Trent Jr., what a pickup this guy was since at the trade deadline there last year for Norm Powell. They paid him. He's obviously a great three-point shooter. I think he leads the league in total steals, though, as well right now. He's giving something on that defensive end, yep. knocking down shots. I mean, when you consider him versus Norm Powell, no disrespect to Norm Powell, but I think Gary Trent has more than filled that void. In fact, I think they're better off with him right now. And he was great. But OG was the star of this game. I mean, 36 points, hitting those threes. That step back. He's got that little side sort of uh, a step back shot there, knocking that in. And then defending on Julius Randle had an incredible first quarter, 18 points, but only, I think, four the rest of the way. Uh, really shut down the Knicks. And this was sort of similar to that Celtics-Bulls game, except it happened a little bit earlier, the comeback for the Raptors. They took over this one. And uh, in the end, it was a very, very comfortable victory. So... Super impressive performance. I think Svi Mihailuk's been really good too for the Raptors. Um, Ken Birch, another guy coming in. I mean, he's kind of taking Precious as uh, minutes there. I think Nick Nurse... Deservedly won- so, yeah, I think, if you've I watched think, this I, game. I, I, that was a great call by Nurse yeah, to go away and, from um, Precious. Precious is... Uh, he's going to get his opportunity because he's a different player. But uh, he went with Kem last night, and Kem, I thought, was really, really good. So when you imagine the best possible version of Pascal Siakam joining this team... Raptors could be pretty good. Scotty Barnes didn't play last night either. Yeah. So this was a probably their most impressive win on the season because it was in New York, a place that's been tough to win this season. Bad start from the Raptors. Picked it up in that uh, third quarter especially and then did close it out in the fourth. So... Uh, I don't. I mean, yeah, OG gets the flowers this morning, but there were a lot of guys who played really well for the Raptors last night and, and all chipped in. And that bench, I thought, was fantastic, starting with Birch from the bench. That's right. <laughs> Tass, what'd you see in this Raps victory? They know what they're doing. It didn't take long. Uh, I mean, I just, I just want to salivate over these guys. They just uh, are, uh, you know, it took them a few games, but uh, they're comfortable with, with their roles now. Everybody's shot other than Precious Achua, is coming from uh, the right place. Uh, I, I, yeah, Ken Birch is uh, ridiculously solid. I, I think that's why they signed him to that contract in the offseason. Uh, you know, he was hurt to start the year, but um, he should be putting Precious Achua in the role that Precious should have, and that's coming off the bench. But uh, the, the Knicks should be a, a little bit peeved with themselves after starting 5-0. and They've had two games in a row where they played Two teams that didn't have their top two players, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, on, on uh, Saturday. They barely pulled it out there. And now uh, with Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes, throw, let me, let's throw him into the second-best player <laughs> role for the Toronto Raptors. Why the heck not? He's that good. Uh, but uh, when you see OG Ananobi have a game like that, you can't call um, you can't call him that. But OG is not... You know, he, sh- he shouldn't be scoring you 36 points uh, on a night, but sometimes that talent level shows through with, with OG. And that's the thing with OG and Pascal and Barnes and Fred. Not necessarily a number one guy on there for a championship team, but that's why the Raptors, uh, you know, do it by committee and can get by. And then you have, I think, Birch going in that 
that fifth spot, you know, with Gary Trent Jr., they they just know what they're doing. Birch knows what he's doing, the proper roles, not taking excessive shots like Precious has been. I think he got a little bit ahead of himself this season to start the year. He took nine shots in 17 minutes uh, in this game. Uh, and, and things start rolling. They're moving the ball properly. This is a team that wants to play together. And, uh, yeah, kind of an embarrassing loss for the Knicks, I think, uh, especially coming off the, the way they played against the Pelicans. And Malachi Flynn out of the doghouse for the Raps. Uh, Nurse playing him, and he played well in this. Banton again, he's getting those minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me, Dragic is... He's not in the rotation. I don't even know if we're going to see him play for the Raptors anymore until he's eventually uh, maybe you know, bought out or uh, dealt around the trade deadline. And uh, I just love Nurse. I've said this a million times. I love a coach. You said like playing the guys through the entire third quarter, Lee. A lot of coaches just wouldn't do it because, you know, get stuck in your ways. You know, bring the guys in. That's when we do it at the this minute mark. He just, he, from game to game, he really will just try things. And uh, if it's working, he continues to go with it. And uh, he found sort of the right lineups and the right guys last night. Again, like you guys said, bringing Birch in for Precious, giving those minutes to, to Flynn and, and Banton again. And it worked. Uh, awesome, awesome victory. And OG was a beast after Randall was killing them. Um, dominating them in the in the first uh, quarter of this game, but went real quiet in a hurry. Trey, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the highlights or watch this game. Um, anything to add to this one? A lot of quads when you're talking about OG Ananobi versus Julius Randle. Those are some thick trunks, some <laughs> birch trunks. Yeah, real tale of two halves. Ananobi's been great. He's got so much more balance driving to the hoop, so... He's able to finish, and he's getting these free throw attempts. Didn't shoot the ball well from three, but you love to see him trying to up his volume and theoretically up his percentages as well. Uh, did see a clip of the Knicks broadcast where Mike Breen dropped a bing bong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tough one for the Knicks to lose when Mike Breen finally drops a bing bong. Hate to see it, but the Raptors 21 to three advantage in fast break points. 17 Knicks turnovers turned into 20 Raptors points. The Raps are not a great offensive team in the half court, so to be able to put up 20 just running the floor is huge. That's how you pull off a win against one of the better teams in the league. All right, let's keep going here. We'll go to the uh, Sixers, getting a victory over the Blazers, but the story really from this one is Damian Lillard struggling again in that loss, Trey. Um, Seven for 20 from the field, two for nine from three. He's averaging career lows in points, Field goal percentage, three-point shooting. He's under 19 points per game. He was putting up 19 points per game as a rookie in this league. So it's really weird. He talked about it after the game. He said, I always look at struggles as an opportunity to show my true character. But this is getting strange at this point. And now we're hearing whispers that it is the ball. It's the ball, it is baby. Wilson, after all. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, this is a bad loss for, for the Blazers with no Embiid, no Tobias Harris, who's a late scratch, obviously no Simmons, and, uh, well, no Danny Green, too, and they, they still lose this game. Yeah. Brutal loss, honestly, yeah. for the Blazers and Skeets. I think you're right. I kind of do think maybe it's a little bit of the Wilson. Nobody wants to say it because we're loving the wedgies, but Paul George said it last night, said there's been uh, the ball doesn't have the softness that he was expecting, and C.J. McCollum, uh, big time in the players union says they're going to be getting feedback from around the league <laughs> regarding it. And I have a feeling who he's going to be asking number one. Hey, Damian Lillard, I noticed that this is already the fourth time this season you've taken 20 plus shots and made eight or fewer. Is the ball messing with you? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Hey, I should ask you, CJ, is the ball messing with you? Yeah. I went eight for 20 last night. That's why we lost 
to the 76ers, missing two starters. And like you're saying, Skeets, uh, Danny Green left early, and obviously Ben Simmons isn't playing. You know, the defense... It's not going to be there. It's just not going to be there. They're bottom 10 again. And last night, Seth Curry was just going at CJ McCollum every single time down the court. And he was scoring pretty easily. Or they were getting into rotations and Furkan Korkmaz ended up with a wide open shot. Lillard can't shoot this poorly and the Blazers expect to win. That's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, You know, they are going to be a team that's really right there on the margins. And their advantage is Damian Lillard playing MVP basketball. That has not yet been the case. Uh, George Niang was playing MVP basketball. He was literally getting MVP chance last night. He bodied Lillard for a basket as well. The Blazers, you know, a full-strength Blazers team looked like they were the least talented team against uh, this random 76ers squad that came out last night. Bad stuff for Portland. I just started thinking about, I don't know, somehow McCollum and the uh, Players Union uh, convincing the league to get rid of the Wilson balls and what would happen to the Bulls if that was the case. Maybe the Wilson is having a positive impact on the uh, league-leading Chicago Bulls. They would be putting up a fight. DeRozan and Levine would be like, no way. We're not getting rid of this. So I mean, maybe so, watch. but Zach Levine was, you know, 27 points per game on 50-40-90. That's last true. Year, so it doesn't yeah. seem to be the ball that's, uh, that's the thing point. for him. He's just really good. Do you think they'll bring wedgies into the argument? Mm, because maybe. Because in Portland, correct me if I'm wrong, we have two of our five wedgies so far. Yes. Mm-hmm. So perhaps there's something there. Perhaps, I don't know, it's cool and moist and the Wilson ball... <laughs> Is just stickier, or it oh. has some sort of a different physical attribute. And then conversely, it's cool and dry in, in Chicago, so per, perhaps, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there, maybe yeah, okay. the ball is, is helping them, giving them a little bit of an advantage. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, okay. Well, that's why you're here, J.D. I, like I buy it. Insight. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should... Uh, before every game, like you line up like ten different balls, JD, mm. and not just like actual different balls of the same brand. Right. You know, we got a rubber ball that you can give to like an eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> we got a bowling ball. Shout out to Sets. You know, and then we just you get to decide as the home team what you want to roll with that That's night. A great idea. I love another it. option. I just love another it. option. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how good how long that conversation is going to go if. The word moist is brought up every eight <laughs> seconds. I believe the term you're looking for is humid, J.D. And I believe okay, fair, uh, fair. Lake Michigan's uh, humidity is a pretty strong going into the witty city there. Yeah. Uh, but it's moist, it's humid. You're, yeah, it's like you bring up a good point. Again, let's, let's, have, let's have a call. That's what that audio-only NBA channel we've always been waiting for is for. The Players Union talking to the league. What's with these moist balls or dry balls or whatever? <laughs> I thought these balls were the exact same, Lee Ellis. That's Lying exactly the exact yeah. same. They are exact same material measurements, everything. It just says Wilson <laughs> instead of Spalding. Now, oh. I did have a Spalding. I do have an indoor-outdoor Spalding I shoot on at home. I bought the Wilson. Oh, I have right. to say, honestly, doesn't really make that much of a difference. I prefer oh. the Wilson, though. So, you know, <laughs> well, I don't know. Why? If it makes no difference, why? <laughs> well, it's just, if I, it, honestly, the Spalding outdoor one, I'll, I'll take a photo for him if you like. I mean, it is just a ah, tiny good. bit more, I don't know, a little stiffer, I think. Uh, I like it a little less stiff. Um, and I think that's the thing. <laughs> with, with no sort of context. <laughs> 
so you th- which one do you think is softer are you saying the wilson the wilson yeah oh, but thought, this okay. is for outdoor hoops as well Ooh, mind yeah, you so yeah. you know you know but anyway i'll i'll, I'll show it to you later on and we'll see what oh, happens. i think we got a video right here jd get lee in a lab oh, coat here it is. you know yeah. put on the goggles <laughs> have him test it out put the ball in a in a plastic bag mm. have him dribble around a little bit that's a callback for some of you uh yeah but but back to like to the Blazers here, Lee, and, and to yeah. Lillard. I mean, if you watch the game or even see highlights, he does look like in shock with what's going on. Like he's in disbelief. It's like you've had those nights where you've played hoops and you're mm-hmm. just like, for whatever reason, the damn thing will, won't go in. This is one of the best players in the world. This is a top 75 guy of all time, yeah. which maybe is the real curse in all of this, getting named to that. Um, yeah, and he just he just can't get these things to drop. Yeah, and, and the thing is with the Blazers and Lillard, I said in the preview shows, you know, the biggest star to be traded, I kind of hope it's him because I want him to be on a better situation because I just don't see the Blazers any closer to a championship than they've been these last few five years now. And that's not disrespectful to Damien or the Blazers. It's just that team that Neil O'Shea's built doesn't really improve they just stay the same on that in you know they're treading water there Lillard and the fans there chanting last night we want Lillard I mean yes of course they do I think he would be fantastic on Philadelphia there with Joel Embiid who obviously didn't play there last night but there's just no way that deal's happening straight up for Ben Simmons I mean maybe some other way if the Blazers decide to completely uh you know blow things up but Lillard I just think also would benefit from a change of environment you know a new team and uh, I think he would be a really good play- piece there in Philadelphia. But as for the Blazers, and I don't want the angry Blazers fans to come after me because it's not, I'm not saying it, you know, as disrespectful to you. I'm just saying. Just say <laughs> Seth Curry is better than Damian Lillard, man. Just get <laughs> but, but, did you see? Did you see Andre Drummond last night? The way he, he looked like the all-star. Yeah, that, like they got him on the, on the minimum deal for like 2.8 million or something like that. Andre Drummond last night looked like the star that we kind of have, he's teased us with in the past. You know, a player mm-hmm. who can pass the ball, who can defend, who can score. He just looked energized. And I think part of the reason was because he's like, well, I'm getting all the minutes tonight. And he went out mm-hmm. there and, and lit it up. But the Blazers, this was, God, this is not a game they can afford to lose. I mean, how many more people need to be missing from the other team for them to go out? They're at full strength and they couldn't get the win. So, uh, mm. yeah, I, I just would like to see Lillard in a different situation. I, I, I love his game. I love him. I love Portland. Great city. But it's time to move on, I think. Just don't like them together anymore. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Drummond, though, 14 points, 15 boards, 7 assists, 5 steals and a block, 0 turnovers as well, uh, Tass, for, uh, like Lee mentioned, a guy they got for nothing, but, you know, no Embiid, so he gets those minutes. Yeah, it was one of those games for the Philadelphia 76ers where NBA players who don't usually get time have this one game you know, where, where they get to start and Andre Drummond and, and George Niang coming off the bench and mm-hmm. doing things that they don't usually do. They play up a, a, a little bit better than themselves. Uh, they, they played together. They, they were excited to move the ball together. This was a horrendous loss uh, for the Blazers. But I, I don't think they're too far away from being a decent team. Coming into this game, they're 3-3. Three and three. They should absolutely take care of a Joel Embiidless and Tobias Harrisless team. They have to, but you know it is one of those games where they don't. Uh, the other team doesn't have stars, and you don't play defense all that well. It was just a screen for Furk and Corkmaz. Here he comes, and it goes down. Uh, George Niang get just because they're moving the ball, and he's got a little pep in his step. He has a step on 
everybody <laughs> George Niang is not a ball handler by any means he was playing a backup center if I was out there on an NBA floor I think I could be George Niang and just pound 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 and throw your shoulder down and throw it up to the hoop and score that's all, all that was happening uh, so yeah they're bottom 10 in defense right now uh, coming into this game or coming into the season you just want them to be sort of middle of the pack and then they would be fine because they have a good offense. So coming in, to me, they're, yeah, they're 21st right now. They're 3-3 three and three coming into this game. If they get the win, uh, we're talking about a, an entirely different team. But Damian Lillard, it has nothing to do with the ball to me. He's just not able to finish right now. And he has gone through a stretch like this before. Earlier this year, this calendar year, he had a 10-game stretch in April where he shot 37%. He's got a seven-game stretch right now that he's in the midst of shooting 35%. He gets to the lane, and he's got a little flick of the wrist, little finger roll, left-handed finish that he should be finishing, and it just rolls off the rim. Things are just not going his way. Uh, it's, it is frustrating to watch on both ends. They obviously should have won this game, but the defense is, is frustrating. There's a lot going on, but Damian Lillard is not going to ask for a trade. He's dropping rhymes, dropping lyrics about staying in Portland, right? The, he, how can he be asked to be traded right now no. when the album is hot? He can't. <laughs> I, I don't think it's possible. And, you know, it was cool. The 76ers fans chanting, we want Lillard and Chauncey Billups, Blazers head coach, mouthing, so do we, uh, on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, again, they're not that far off. Going from three to, three and four uh, to four and three, they they just, I don't know how they don't pull this out. I think, I think they kind of, you know, one of those games you take, your foot off the pedal when you see George Niang out there on the other side. When we, uh, question for you, Skeets, we, uh, we judged a D-League game, and I think we, or D-League, sorry, D-League dunk contest. Yes, it was the D-League. the G-League, yes. Yeah, back then. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> going it? timely. Was it back then? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, anyways, D-League, G-League. Yeah. And then they had a, a G-League All-Star team playing or something, a G-League All-Star. And we, we did the announcements, and one of the names was George Niang. Uh, we announced the players before the game. I remember we? saying, oh, yeah, we George did do that. Niang. You don't pronounce the S. It's not George's. Is that when we were like standing at half court with like Langston yeah. Galloway and uh, was it Tim? Um, was it Tim Frazier? Is that a guy? Yeah, Tim <laughs> Frazier. Yeah, That's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Correct. Those are the two guys. We were announcing their names and George Niang came wow. running out. Uh, and and now he's, you know, he popped 21 <laughs> points. He had more points than Damian Miller and CJ McCollum in this game. Yeah, it's wild. Wild. It's wild. Uh, all right, a couple other games. There's a lot more games on. We're going to have to fly through them here. I can't believe I'm looking at George Niang G League stats oh, right now, wow. but this guy was a bucket in the G League. <laughs> uh, Trey Young and Capella, they helped the Hawks. Ka-ka! And the Wizards' three-game win streak. Uh, just some rapid-fire notes on this one. John Collins, my God, if you didn't watch the game and you looked at the box score, you go, okay, John had a fine game. He was awesome. He was incredible. Career high, tying a career high with six assists couple beautiful little dump off passes to capella inside he has added that to the repertoire like this guy did never he never did that ever he would always go up in traffic you know sometimes get fouled make something happen in there but now he's like he sees the defense drawing to him and he's just these little nice little wraparound passes gorgeous stuff atlanta did a great job i thought against the wizards they kept switching lee between man defense zone defense like great job from mcmillan there keeping them on their toes and then this note for you lee fifth time in nba history where we had a full game and not a missed free throw in sight the hawks 29 for 29 at the line 
Trey Young got there, by the way, 11 for 11. Washington, also perfect, 16 for 16. This is the Lee Ellis perfect game. Yes. Yes, uh, it's, it's also the Lee Ellis tweet of the night coming up later in the show. So, uh. <laughs> oh, okay. Save it. Whoops. Oh, uh, guess we can just skip over that when we get to that. Uh, yeah, so a good Hawks win uh, in, a, in a bounce back there against Wizards because mm-hmm. they played, I think, like twice in like four days yes. here now. So that, that was a nice victory. Uh, in the other action, Tass Cavs held off the Hornets' fourth quarter rally. They won 113-110. Pacers snapped a four-game losing streak. They needed that. They crushed the Spurs 131-118. John Moran scored 26 to lead the Grizzlies past the Nugs, 106-97. Cole Anthony, 31 as the Magic beat the Wolves, 115-97. And then in the nightcap, Paul George, 32. Clippers rallied in the fourth to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Any of those games you wanted to touch on? Of course. What a slate we had. Nine games. It was a pack night. Yes. Mentioned John Morant. 26 big ones to lead the Grizzlies. What a pleasure, as we've always said on this show, uh, to, to watch this guy. But he was 29-8-7. You mentioned John Collins with the passes. John Morant's dishing to the Grizzlies to teammates that he's got, and he, he brings their level up, obviously, uh, to set them up to a uh, to 4-3 and three record. Just so, so solid. He's spectacular, but also solid. Mm. A joy to watch. I hope this keeps going. Uh, you mentioned the Magic and Cole Anthony mm. and his stank face uh, with his 31 points. I think he's got one of the best stank faces in the league when he scores and he goes back on <laughs> defense. Uh, it's just... it's. It's just so straight-faced. It's not a Russell Westbrook or a Yanis Antetokounmpo dropping the lip, you know, that kind of thing, right. or raising the, raising the lip, I guess. Um, but it's just, it's just straight-faced. He's got it. And his man, Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. Franz. It's just so fun to say that name. He had 28 points in this game, the number eight pick from this draft. A pick that came over for Nikola Vucevic uh, from the Chicago Bulls, and they got another number one or another first round pick coming in that trade. Franz can play. Uh, he's six nine. He had a huge hammer with three minutes and thirty seconds left in the fourth quarter. Have a huge dunk like that. Uh, a great, great game. He, mm-hmm. He's not just a slasher and a cutter. He can create space for himself. He's got hands. He, he's got passing touch. Uh, a great pick at the number eight spot. Uh, that that. that I know that they're not uh, going to win a lot of games, but they definitely have talent. He's more of a supporting player, but, man, he's got a lot of potential. And then the Cavs hold off the Hornets that fourth quarter rally. Talking about Rooks, again, Evan Mobley had a huge jam in this game. Uh, Cavaliers are 4-4, four and four, and six of their eight games have been on the road. So Cavs, um, when they can play D like that, yep. uh, they're going to be in every game. I just had a, a couple notes to add to the Grizzlies win. I watched a lot of that one. Kyle Anderson was huge in the fourth quarter when the Nuggets, so, you know, they, they splashed a corner three. I think it was Monte Morris. Cut it to 10. Lots of time left. They call the timeout. Smart timeout from Jenkins. And then Kyle Anderson sort of took over. He hit a floater in the lane, like the slowest floater you've ever seen, of course. <laughs> the zigzaggy floater. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, no, no. Then he had that, like, uh, yeah. sneaking layup, yeah, where he used Steven Adams as a blocker. That was next. Yeah. And then he splashed a little 12-foot jumper. Three baskets in a row. It really sort of ended the game. Uh, you know, the Nuggets were were still scoring, but it just kept mm-hmm. that lead big enough. And then Tyus Jones is playing really well for the Grizzlies right now. I know that's a name you are uh, maybe didn't expect to hear on No Dunks this morning, but he was so good that Jenkins just played him with John yeah. Morant. He's like, yep, yeah, keep him out there. He's shooting. He's letting it fly. He hit five three-pointers. 17, 8, and 4, and two steals with those five threes. That's a huge game from Tyus Jones. He's played 113 minutes this season, Lee. One turnover. 
Yeah. Guy takes care of the basketball, and it came in this game, actually. So just good stuff from him. I wanted to throw mm-hmm. that in there. A good Grizzlies win over a, a Nuggets team that just, you know, well, you know, we're talking about Lillard struggling and Luka with his three struggling and many other guys. But, uh, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. can't hit one to save his life either, and they went 9 for 38 as a team, 24% overall. So any other notes, uh, Lily, from any of those games? Uh, only the, there was a play, Ja Morant, pretty sloppy turnover, but then he went back the other end and jumped almost out of the gym for that double hand. For, like, the two-hand yeah. one, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like that Jordan play where I think it's on Ron Mercer where Ron Mercer sort of steals the ball off Jordan, then he comes back the other end and gives him the double hand to block. It reminds me of that. Didn't get a good replay of it, though. Uh, and Cole you're, Anthony, you're 100% sure he did get it, too, right? Yeah, he got it. They, oh, they got said it on the sure. broadcast, they were like, oh, he deterred the shot or something. Uh, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he yeah, got hands okay. on it, because it, it, I think it sort of clunked off the other side of the yeah, rim. Yeah, I thought uh, so, too. Yeah, they it, didn't but, show it again, though, from what no, I remember. No, yeah. but that, that, um, that double-footed double jump, that pogo stick to get up there and, uh, and, and, and tap it back was incredible but uh cole anthony yeah what a season he's having so far what a what a year it's been for c anthony's in the league because carmelo has been on fire and cole is now also getting buckets almost had a triple double there last night 31 8 uh, 9 and 8 shooting the ball really well he's averaging nearly 20 points a game this season uh he's got some uh he's got some swagger about him cole anthony i like the way that he plays and uh good win for the magic there last night i could see cole anthony in 30 years Sitting in a studio show, eating a bag of chips. <laughs> On air. No fucks given. Uh, Trey, any notes? That- <laughs> oh, man, I got any notes? Um, Mike Breen once asked Walt Frazier if he sees any of Greg Anthony's game in Cole Anthony's game, and he straight up said no. <laughs> so that's baller. Uh, also this from Doc Ronchi. Doc Ronchi, you turned into a good show with all the moist and stiff stuff talk today he says franz wagner equals the new dirk whoa whoa bit of a reach there doc but i will say saw a great comment from sam vicini uh last night that franz wagner is the new richard lewis oh now there's a name you wouldn't expect Mm. to hear in 2021 but He's kind of got a similar, like, uh, like almost yeah. a slingshotty jump shot. And I also mm. feel like Richard Lewis, Franz Wagner, also had a very wide base when they were shooting jumpers. Uh, but Wagner was getting just some wide open looks last night. Like, uh, poorly defended wide open looks. But he was knocking them down, and he looks certainly to be a player. Good win from the Magic. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into Zion and rank our top three and worst, best and and worst, as I said, uh, City Edition jerseys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Little news here. Pelicans coach Willie Green told reporters on Monday that doctors were encouraged by the latest set of scans on Zion Williamson's injured foot 
and that he is able to do 5-on-0 work, but no contact yet. Zion will undergo another set of scans in two to three weeks that will then determine if he can uh, get to that 5-on-5 action, that last step before returning to games. The Pelicans announced Williamson's injury task at Media Day in September, and initially, unless I have this wrong, there was hope he would be back for the start of the regular season. Uh, before it was then announced he's going to miss more time and now he's going to miss more time on top of that and everybody you know seen the clips of him running or shuffling along there like he was wearing all birds and uh, looking a little (laughs) overweight no doubt so this is obviously uh, sort of a season for hell here uh, from hell for the Pelicans to start you know not winning a lot of games and now Zion's going to be this is going to be at least a month it's sounding like here yes at least there's a timeline, though, because as you mentioned, David Griffin did say at media day, uh, oh, yeah, our best player had surgery in the offseason. Well, yeah, that's news to you. Whatever. He'll be ready for opening night. He was not. Uh, uh, narrator. He was not. No, he is uh, still weeks away, as you mentioned, and he is playing in five on O's right now. Uh, so against no defense, he is you know running up and down the floor. Uh, but let's do the math here. If all goes well, he's going to be out you know, approximately about the first quarter of the season. So that is obviously a huge hole for this Pelicans team that's already 1-6. They're going on a four-game trip. Brandon Ingram, their second-best player or best player, whatever you want to call it, he was out Saturday with a sore hip. Who knows if he's playing? So, um, yes, it's a, a, a very hellish start to the year mm-hmm. especially when you got jj reddick his former teammate now an espn analyst going on and saying that zion williamson needs to be in shape and uh, there's there's no secret about it uh, you know from from our perspective looking at the man yes who the, who it, he looks large as you said he's shuffling uh running but when you get it from a teammate's perspective when you hear that he, jj reddick just said that uh, yesterday on, on espn hits a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, unfortunate that he went into an offseason. Uh, he gets injured. That's, that's, that's how sports work. But it happened in August. And, uh, you know, J.J. Redick just, I, I think, you know, he puts that on the, as the headline. He, he makes a huge headline by saying that Zion Williamson just hasn't necessarily taken care of himself in his first two years in the league. And that's, uh, that's just not going to cut it. And so um, it's, it's unfortunate that, it seems like all the changes around the Pelicans firing Stan Van Gundy and all that has been made to appease uh, Zion Williamson and every every you know personnel move as well. But really what needs to be done is somebody needs to work with Zion on the diet uh, very closely. He needs multiple personal chefs because when he does come back, uh, you know, whenever it is, this can't just be a lost season. Uh, this has to be... Um, uh, something that's righted. That it just has to be corrected, or else Zion Williamson's career will go sort of down the tubes, and that just can happen. And so it has to be corrected. Now I don't mind that they're taking their time here. They should. Uh, they shouldn't mess it up. But you can't take your time every year. I mean, you really just you have to fix it at some point. So Zion needs to get in better shape, and it has to happen this season. Four teams with only one win, Lee: the Pistons, the Rockets, the Thunder. Okay, I think a lot of us thought they maybe would have one win at this point. And then the Pelicans at one and six. And now this Zion news. Um, 
yeah, anything to add what Tass was saying there about concerns with it, with his <laughs> oh, weight and trying to get him back out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think we'll be we won't see him before Christmas, uh, and I think he could spend almost whenever he does play this season just trying to get in game shape because he's, mm-hmm. he's just he's looking big, but he probably you know hasn't been able to move around as much, obviously, and when you're a big person like that, uh, it's easier to sort of stack on the weight. So that that's his big problem there. But of course, the other problem is if you've got foot problems already and foot surgery, and you are heavier then we just know that that can make it even more complicated to uh, shake those sort of injuries. So, yeah, this is uh, obviously going pear-shaped already here for the the Pelicans this season and for David Griffin. And, um, I mean, I think their season's basically lost already. I can't see how at one and six they're able... I just don't think that team's deep enough as it is to even get back into the the sort of playing race. I think... uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a oh, it just feels like a disastrous season there in uh, in New Orleans and David Griffin. I mean, he's probably going to be on the hot seat himself there. I think Willie Green's probably got this season under his belt. He'll be fine, but uh, David Griffin might find himself um, under some pressure at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. When Zion has played for the Pelicans, trade you know five hundred team, pretty good because he's awesome. But when he's not there, they <laughs> they're garbage, and uh, one and six proves that right now and. I'm with Lee. I, this, he's, he's not going to be back at all in, in a hurry. I mean, because especially as they just keep losing games at a certain point, you're like, well, okay, just play the young guys and figure this out. And, and it's a, it's a classic rebuild year and hope for a high pick. Yeah. Tass mapped it out. And he said, it's basically a quarter of the season, but that's only when they're like going to re-examine Zion. Yeah. We still don't know what's going to happen after all. He gets his second set of scans, or I'm sure this is probably number 78 or whatever number, but the next time we actually get some sort of an update, that's 20 games into the season. They have started poorly. They don't look like a cohesive team. They're bottom 10 on both sides of the ball, so 20 games of that, you could be out of the mix just in, you know in the first month and a half of the season, so Lee's right as well. Dave Griffin's got to be feeling not too great about this uh, from a job security standpoint because the longer Zion's out, the worse the Pelicans are going to be, the worse their record's going to be. And at that point, there's not a lot else to change. Uh, uh, They've changed the coach a bunch of times. They've changed the players a few times. You know, kind of running out of names, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, in New Orleans. So not great, Dave. All right, let's get to some Jersey Talk. City Edition jerseys, they were a release yesterday. We, we teased it on yesterday's show, but let's do a little bit of a deeper dive here. Here is all 30 of the City Edition jerseys. All but two teams. What, what is that? We got a leaf blower? Or we oh, got yeah. Some, like, construction going? It, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, all but two teams will be breaking out the new City Editions in late December, start of 2022. Jazz and Suns, though, are repeating their looks uh, that celebrated... I guess both the Red Rocks and National Parks of Utah for the Jazz and then the desert landscape of the Valley of the Sun. So 28 real new ones. Uh, videos up on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. Trey breaking down one of the conferences. Tass breaking down one of the conferences. You know, rapid fire style. Thumbs up and thumbs down. But Lee, get us started here. Who are your top three city edition jerseys? And JD, just so you know, I'll help out here in terms of bringing up these photos. Uh, so Lee, have at it first. What's your what's your favorite of these of these new city edition jerseys? I really like the Atlanta Hawks one. It, it really okay. feels like sort of mid-90s oh, uh, Hawks. That's Dikembe Mutombo, the big hawk there in the middle. I just love that golden yellow and then the, the, the font they use to write Atlanta I think is great. When I was down at the Fortress the other week, I was actually looking for the, I want the t-shirt version of this. I'm definitely going to buy one. 
because uh, I think the t-shirt version is okay for a uh, you know mid 40s man to wear to a game not the jersey straight up you know I think so uh, I would love to see that and I hope they do sell them because um, you know I mean I guess I should buy a Trey Young but I kind of want a Bogdanovich shirt I think I think I just want that so uh, okay. I think that's no just a great there? oh ooh, yeah see maybe I, need I wouldn't Kev. they might move him <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he's not even playing <laughs> okay the, uh, the next one I like here uh, is the Charlotte Hornets one because I don't really, I've never really seen that font with Charlotte before, but I think the colors and the sort of match with the shorts there with the sort of honeycomb bottom and the top, yep. I think it looks pretty nice. I, I like that. Yeah, okay. I, I like the uh, the Hornets colors anyway. And I think, I mean, that's I always sort of associate that font with the Chicago Bulls from Jordan's first season, you know, that sort of, uh, what, what did you call it? Like um, cursive. Yeah. yeah, cursive sort of stuff there. So they've sort of borrowed like it. There's without, the balls. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So it, it's sort of similar to like that. But I think they've borrowed it and done a good job with it. So I'm fine with that one. And then the last one, uh, Indiana. I'm going with the Pacers. These have a bit of a, a Flojo uniform look to them, but also sort of incorporating the all-star jerseys that we had last season, which I thought were pretty good. They sort of incorporate that uh, indie kind of feel to them. And uh, Indiana, historically, I think have had a pretty good strike rate as far as getting jerseys right. I think they got it right again. A, a okay. little bit of a variance on the, on the Flojos, a little bit of all-star incorporation there. Overall, though, pretty nice, nice colors, nice matching, and nice font as well. Boom, baby. <laughs> Boom, baby. Uh, Doesn't okay. quite have the, the okay. bing bong that the Knicks do. But a uh, pretty good point from Sam Unono about uh, the Charlotte script kind of looking like the Bulls. You may remember the oh. Charlotte Hornets <laughs> owner was at one point a Chicago Bull. Yeah. I, I actually, I think, Trey, you were up on these, if I remember correctly, uh, in your breakdown. Or maybe it was Tass. I can't remember who did the East and the West now. Whoever did it was up on those. I... I don't Big like time. these because of the, the 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 font, I guess, that they went with. I think that's, for some reason, I that it loses me a little bit. I like with the honeycomb and the gradient and all that and the pinstripes, too. And, and we should point out, like, a lot of these are, like, what are they calling it? Like, mixtape something? like. Well, they're basically all combinations of yeah. every jersey that a yeah. team has worn, right? So, yeah. yeah, they're pulling all kinds of different elements. And I'm with Lee. I think that the Hornets one is probably the straight-up best one just because, like, they've had wild uniforms throughout their franchise history. So they went extra wild with this one, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of embracing the spirit of these 75th anniversary jerseys. Okay, we'll keep going then, Trey. What else you got on your high on your list? A less wild one, but I do really like the Clippers jersey. Uh, anytime Ooh, yeah. you throw baby blue and orange together, McLaren style, Ooh. I'm here for it. The Clippers need to completely rebrand, and this is what they should look like. This is the best jersey the Clippers have ever worn Buffalo style (laughs) Buffalo sauce I guess is what that orange is out there Uh, so I really like the Clippers Uh, Lee already hit uh, on the Hornets what I think is perfect and Tass you said the Bulls were simple but Mm -hmm. I think the Bulls are classic the Bulls to me that looks like a jersey they could have been wearing for the past 50 years and you know the Bulls haven't changed their uniforms very much in general so Throw the script on it, which everybody loves. Keep it red because we're seeing red. And everything else just looks like a jersey that could have existed in the 1970s or in the 1990s. Okay, yeah, But isn't, isn't this an opportunity to go a little off the board for teams like the Bulls and the Celtics, which we're showing you here? You, you have the best jerseys in the league, the, the, the most classic. I understand. Um, but, yeah, the Celtics as well looks like, yeah, Bob Cousy could have been bouncing the ball in these babies, no doubt. I'm calling those Celtics ones the green beans. 
So much green. <laughs> so much green. Uh, I see what you're saying, and I do feel like a lot of the teams uh, kind of played it safe here. You would probably include the Bulls and the Celtics, but for both of those uniforms, I think that they're just so old school that it works for me. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And I think the you know the Blazers are sort of in that same fan uh, yeah. same family of, of jerseys. They just hit home runs each and every time. Um, but why don't all 30 teams just pull out a baby blue and just sell some jerseys? Like, I mean, you can't go wrong. The Clippers jerseys, I, I totally agree. Uh, and uh, I, I get what you're saying, Skeets, about the Charlotte script. Yeah, it's just a one I part mean, of I'm, hot, I'm, hot, I'm hot on the gradient. I'm hot on the color, you know, because I, I, I go to there because it just reminds me of the, the baby blue, even though, you know, it's it's... You know, the gradient into the dark blue. The honeycombs can go with the floor that they had. A lot of teams are pulling out another version of their floor as well yeah. to match these jerseys. Uh, like OKC, which I know a lot of people hate um, because there ain't any color to this yeah. jersey. It's it's white and it's gray. You don't like it, Lee. No, it just looks like nothing, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's a good jersey for loves. Yeah, yeah, that that seems so weird that they didn't just throw one other color on there <laughs> at all. Uh, in the past, I know the Thunder have had that, you know, when they had the stripe, the, sort of the, the navy blue jersey. Yeah. Not a lot of people like that, but I did, but it was a, it was a strong color. To just do white and then no color, color in yeah, the font Yeah, just some, like, well. even piping with that yeah. navy blue or something. Yeah. I, I'm with the you. Branding, the, the, uh, the descriptors of all these are always entertaining. That one was the best because, you know, they, they go just straight white, and the descriptors basically like, you know, we're still painting our canvas. We don't know what this team is going to be. <laughs> so it's yeah. blank slate. Slick. I mean, the floor that they're going to play with every Friday, apparently, um, it's 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 kind of like the Brooklyn Nets where yeah. no colors, but basically the opposite because uh, it's white. Uh, but I I think it'll look cool. The other team is the one that's it's going to stand out though on the floor because they're going to be wearing a color. Well, uh, the Thunder don't. <laughs> that's um, straight up Thunder wear. It looks like a white tank top. <laughs> <laughs> a white tank top and white boxers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll play all their games at midnight with a little sleep cap on top of their head. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what yeah, else you got not? as favorites, though, Tass? Anything else? Uh, I mean, so many. Uh, you like? I, I did love... you like them overall for the most part? Like, a yes, lot of them? yeah, yes. Ooh, yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, the, the Eastern Conference. I, I did that one um, on our social channels. I'm going to do the West as well. I think the Eastern wins out with jerseys like this. Uh, the Sixers Ooh, one is that's nice. It really is nice. nice. It's a nice and nice throwback. Doctor J could be rocking these. Um, but, you know, the added color on the side, they've got some nice logos, as we see there on the shorts. Super nice. You know, I, I, I said down to the Wizards one, but I, I like it, too. There's enough enough there, I think. You know, it's not... Pull, bullets. It's not, yeah, bullets that's, that's what I think of for sure yeah. is like the, the Chris Webber bullet days, I think, with that. Yeah, and it's not... Ah, <laughs> uh, the Chris Webber bullets days. <laughs> the bullet days. Not the Wes Unseld bullets days. Uh, I, d I don't like the font on this one. Uh, yeah. They chose the font from, like, the Gilbert Arenas days, mm. and it looks strange to me uh, with the old-school jersey. Uh, I can't get hot for the Rockets jerseys. No. I just... I never liked them then, so it's hard to really, yeah. really like these Matt Maloney jerseys. Mm. Uh, <laughs> how about these Raps jerseys, though? Like... They did a nice job of blending the cartoon dino and that pattern, you know, with the with the jagged pinstripes, mm -hmm. with today's gold OVO Drake 
color. I, I know it's it's hard to it's hard to blend the eras, but I think the OVO gold has been part of it long enough that you can execute this. And the fact that they won a championship that will you know never let die, even if they win one championship for the next century. Hey, they won a championship. It's wearing the cartoon dino specifically is wearing the jersey that they won the championship in. He's looking back towards that championship but he's also dribbling forward oh, we're combining wow. all of Somebody these eras the notes, yeah yeah i did and i and i'm buying it i'm buying okay. it but okay. un, and that's unlike this orlando magic jersey this is my last one i'll, I'll comment on because it it is the 90s throwback pinstripes and they're trying to combine it with an orange color scheme that they put in the last couple of years with this silver star yeah. uh that these they have in there I think, yeah, it, 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 they're forced, but but I like I bring up the the Raptor one because that's what they did. They they did it perfectly. This this orange just isn't enough of the color scheme for me. Ever since I heard Evan Fournier when he was a member of the Magic say orange, what are we the Suns? Like it's just a forced <laughs> shot. At least they had Drake. The Magic don't have Drake. They don't have uh, a Universal Studio actors wearing you know or, or branding their team. You know, so it's not as that one's just forced. And again, if you read the notes. Inserted orange into their color scheme because Florida has a lot of oranges. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, it's it's disappointing because they have an awesome throwback color in the you know Shaq Penny blue, and I know they have versions yeah. of those jerseys. I get it. Like they're just trying to get creative, but the orange they haven't hit one of these orange yet, so I think they just need to give it up. They're trying to force it. I'm with you, Trey. I actually like orange used correctly. Uh, it's not working with these magic ones. I will add as my favorites um, the wolves. It's like a classic throwback. Love it. Shout out to J.R. Ryder. Just, I love that color. The green and the blue and the white. And then I love that, uh, you know, the font there that they use for the wolves. And it's just a, an awesome look. Are, are those, are those um, like wolf claw marks on the side? Ooh, God, I hope so. Yes. I didn't read the notes on this. <laughs> yeah. Are they okay? Uh, I think and, they look pretty good. Yeah, Probably. I like them. And then, um, you know, it's, it's simple. And again, it's just a classic throwback. But the colors are awesome. The nets are amazing here. Uh I prefer these to, you know, the color scheme they actually rock. I, I love this, the red, white, and blue. So if you've seen photos of, like, Durant in these two, it just looks sick uh, on them. So I like these, the old New Jersey uh, nod there. So fan of those. But, Lee, your least favorite. Do you have one that you hate? I know it, maybe it's the Rockets, maybe it's the Thunders, yeah. or anything else. Uh, it's the San Antonio Spurs, the, uh, the Fiesta okay, Night ones. Okay, interesting. This one's polarizing. Um, yeah. yeah, because they've had some awesome ones before with the black and then the the colors across the middle there, kind of like, you yeah. know, from the mid-90s. I thought they really missed out on this one and uh, got the color scheme really wrong. I would have gone with the black jerseys. May have even looked different there with the black jerseys uh, instead of the white background here. But mm-hmm. just to me, didn't hit it there with the Spurs, unfortunately. So... Yeah. I think this one's a banger. This is going to look really? like the Flint, Flint Tropics when they take the court. <laughs> it's going to yes, look like Jackie yes. Moon jerseys. Yeah, I mean, the black one was better. There's no doubt about that. And I saw Graydon was saying yesterday, if they kept the number black on this one, maybe it plays a yeah, little better. Yeah. But I don't know. This looks like a Texas kind of jersey to me. I like that one. Hmm. Okay. One that does seem to be getting uh, you know shit on pretty frequently here because um, it's boring. The Pelicans. <laughs> Trey, not a fan of this one, I don't think. This is barely even playing the game. I mean, this is <laughs> like one step above the Jazz and the Suns, who for some reason didn't run it back. I understand it. You like your gradient jerseys, but come on. This is the 75th anniversary. Do something cool, not just a replay. 
But this is like, this could be any jersey. This could be their home jersey. Very disappointed uh, in the Pelicans. Give me some Mardi Gras stuff. I think I'm the only person in the world who liked the front green back purple, but like something different would be right. cool to me. And that's actually why I have some problems with the Raptors one. The Raptors one to me looks like an algorithm made it. They're like, oh, you like Drake? Oh, you like the dinosaur? Oh, you like the championship? Mm. We put them all together. I think they should have gone Huskies themed for this. Maybe even make mm-hmm. this jersey blue. They played the 75th anniversary game last night. That's a cool piece of uh, Toronto history that they played in the very first NBA yeah. game. I would have liked to see them honor that rather than another OVO jersey. Yeah. I'm um, with you. I'm J- with you. JD, let's bring you in here. Do you have any favorites or ones that you hated? Uh, I have both, actually. Um, the Portland... I loved I love the plaid the plaid side panel it's oh, that I, little touch if yep. if you had uh, you know I'm sure that it's been done before but on paper if you came to me and said oh we're gonna put plaid on this jersey uh, I think it works I I think I'd prefer it if it was on both sides actually now that I'm looking at it yeah I also it's very interesting I also like uh, a nickname for a city and Rip City is probably the best NBA nickname it's pretty so good. it's pretty good yeah uh, also you mentioned the the orange I think the the Knicks jersey with the black and orange and the check side panel I think these are awesome like I would I would buy this not even the jersey version I would wear this jersey <laughs> oh it's, my god I love it I don't know like it's just oh, this it's... speaks to me it's it's like it's like the, that looks tough yeah exactly it's like the it's like the dark side man it's like the Darth <laughs> Vader of all of these uh and I'll, I'm going to throw a little love to the Cavs and uh oh okay yeah they went real retro yeah like it's uh where is it where is it I got uh, it. Thanks, man. Uh, I just like the color. I like the, you know, the the colorway works for me. I like the shorts, but the best thing about this is the Goodyear logo. It just actually seems to fit, you know, with the, this is the way you put a sponsorship on a jersey. Like, I was like, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. The, 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 the good, the Goodyear logo there. And then I was like. Is that the Goodyear logo? Because it's it almost <laughs> seems like it's part of it. And I actually had to Google the Goodyear logo, but it is. And uh, as opposed to the OKC with the Loves logo, it's just like uh, here's here's my name tag at the uh, you know at the hazmat factory. It's the the hazmat of uh, uniforms. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I showed that to Rachel, and she's like. Um, uh, what's going on here? Like, have they even started designing? It <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be cool if, like, they gave the players crayons or markers and, like, they could color it in, like, whatever they wanted for that particular night. It is a blank canvas, as uh, Tass said from the notes. Uh, okay, anything else you hated? I guess you got. Uh, well, I, I hate the Miami one, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it before. I mean, yeah, we have. I mean, there's no. no but I, I think the Spurs is pretty. There it is. It reminds. The Spurs one reminds me of. The Miami one, just because it seems mm. like such a mishmash. Like, it's like, oh, Photoshop. I was designed in Photoshop, and I forgot to replace the the Spurs logo. Like, it's from a different <laughs> uniform. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I don't like. But I do agree with Trey that I think that these will look good on the court. Um, but yeah, the. The thunder, the thunder jerseys on the white court is just going to be like watching. I watched Midsummer uh, for Halloween, and it's like if you've seen that movie, half of it's most of it is like overexposed. It's like everything is just like, oh my god! Like, turn off the lights, man! Like, uh, that's that's how I think it's going to look, but uh, it's going to be a nightmare for the video shader 
over there in OKC. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just want to be in the meeting room where they said, okay, we're unveiling our jerseys. Oh, let's see what the team's come up with. And they just go, bang. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not, didn't even color it. It's like, again, it's like George Costanza in that meeting. We've come up with something. Nothing. <laughs> you know, you've totally convinced me that if this just had some of that like dark blue navy that we've yeah. seen on this variation of Thunder jersey before, this could actually be pretty cool looking. Yeah. But yeah. So they just. Well, let me show you the court. Light. Let me show you yeah, the court is. that they're going to yeah. be playing on. I think they're they're essentially just saying, "Hey, the Brooklyn Nets are cool. Let's be the Brooklyn Nets." Yeah, but the, bur- the Brooklyn Zero Nets colors. like they wear black uniforms on their sort of gray tone. Uh, court, so they actually pop out. It it looks kind of weird. It's jarring, but I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be. Ah, eh, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, but... we'll see. I actually don't mind the court. I think the court looks sort of cool, but yeah. I, I'm worried how it's gonna look with those jerseys yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. It. It's gonna be whiter than a no dunks podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have mad lighting problems, and when you're watching an OKC game, anyways, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. This may this may fix it. Mm, no colors. Just, okay. just going B and W. Well, what? let's hear from everybody out there. Tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Let us know in the stream team right now. Drop your favorites and least favorites in the comments below this video, and make sure, as we said, to go check out our. Uh, little social media hits the thumbs up and thumbs down from uh, Tass and Trey and I think they're going to switch it up and do each other's conferences too so we'll get your take on every single jersey in the up down report when it comes to those city edition jerseys okay we got to take one more break we got to pick them payoff to get to uh, or excuse me results and stuff like that and Lee's tweet it's NBA playoffs time and that means NBA snack time I can't stop eating while I'm watching so many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways. That's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants... Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. 
I got the Air Knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Ah, uh, Lee, I already ruined it, didn't I? Yeah. Jumping yeah. ahead. Bringing up a cool fact on the show, and he said, oh, well, that's going to be my tweet. <laughs> yeah. Is that what happened here? Yeah. Yes, yes. It comes from NBA uh, stats, and it is uh, the Hawks and the Wizards game. Fifth game in the shot clock era since 54-55, in which both teams made all of their free throws. Washington 16 for 16, Atlanta 29 from the free throw line. But I was hoping to add something to it and give you mm. the other four times it happened. I even reached out to Elias Sports Bureau to see if they would give me the information. Unfortunately, they responded and said, uh, it's for paying customers only. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that type of research is something we would only provide to paying clients. Uh, so we will have to decline providing anything on this. But I appreciate the fact that Elias Sports Bureau reached out to me because I was searching around and I found a few other instances of teams that have had the most, you know, like shot a lot and, and hit yeah. a lot of free throws and things like that. But I couldn't find the perfect games. And when it says 1954-55, I'm like, maybe that was like, as you know, a game from like the Lakers and the uh, St. Louis Hawks from the 62 game when 62 season when it was like, maybe they only took five free throws and made them all. But I couldn't find it, unfortunately. I was hoping to add something to this uh, tweet, but I failed. <laughs> But whatever I tried, that's that meme from uh, uh, Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons, you know. So anyway, there you go. Not you the best tweet of the night. Try basketball reference. I feel like there's got to be a, a filter that could get you to your results. Didn't try it. Didn't try it. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> Trey will have it literally. Give in me 10 a seconds. second. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You, you have mean, to do it yourself when you use uh, basketball reference. That's yeah. the problem. Uh, That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Ask somebody yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> And All right. It looks like uh, we had a Washington Wizards versus Atlanta Hawks game. Yeah. Last that was night. Last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looks like. Uh, hold on. Let me let me start by date here. Sorry. Uh, sorry. I'm freestyling here. So right. we also had Denver at San Antonio Spurs on January 30th, 2018. Who could forget that? Oh. Utah at Portland, October 25th, 2016. Right at the beginning of the season. Detroit at Milwaukee in 2012, and the Hawks at the Raptors, December 22nd, 2000. So Remember Lee, that one? Remember that all one? of these games happening since 2000. It's crazy, you're, isn't it? Yeah. yeah your, your theory was yeah. wrong. 
<laughs> you thought Elias just didn't want to dig into the well, 60s archives. I think I... so. I think so. But, uh, well, there you go. Always great. Add some information on the run there. But uh, <laughs> how many free... Trey. Have you got them up there, Trey? How many free throws are we talking in those games? Like a lot, not many. I mean... Uh, highest attempts would be 29 attempts uh, last night, followed by 24 attempts. Detroit and Milwaukee. I guess it was Detroit shooting 24 free throws. Fewest was the Toronto Raptors shot five free throws Whoa. in that game against the Hawks. Wow. wow. But the Hawks shot obviously more. Only 11. What? 16 total free throws. I guess the score was 78 to 72. You want to take a guess who the leading scorers in that game were? You can get one of them very easily. From from 2000. Raptors versus Hawks, the year 2000. Vince. Vince Carter, 20 points. Okay. And then we got to get the Hawks guy. Is then it, you got to get the Hawks' leading scorer. May have been a Vince Carter teammate at one point, but I'm not totally sure. Probably, yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Is you know this guy for oh, playing on the same teams as Jason Vince Terry. Carter. There you go. Jason oh, wow, Terry, 19 nice. points. Yeah. And I don't think you'll probably get Rashawn McLeod also had 19 mm. that night for the Hawks. Wow. All right. Who needs Elias when you got Drake Kirby <laughs> and basketball reference? You're actually going to have to pay me for reading those stats. I was going to say, yeah. Send, uh, send me an invoice later. now, Trey. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Uh, pick of results from last night. It was the Nuggets-Grizzlies game. Memphis was uh, favored at home by one and a half, and they got the victory. This, of course, brought to you by BetMGM. So good start for Lee. Good start for Tess. Good start for me. We're 1-0. Trey takes the L. He swerved with Denver. Five games on, I think, tonight, Tass. Where are we going in our pick em? Yeah, five games, four really big lines, so we'll stick with the uh, the one close line. Okay. Miami visiting the Mavs. We've talked about the Mavs uh, plenty, how they don't seem to be playing as well as their 4-2 and two record. They're right. plus one and a half points at home to the Heat, who are playing extremely well at 5-1. and one. There were four teams, 5-1, and one, in the Eastern Conference going into last night. The Bulls hung on to theirs, although the, the Knicks and the Wiz got plopped drop in their second game so will the heat be able to go into dallas and win well three of us think yes uh betray doing a little swerving and thinking the mavs can take care of business why do you think the mavs are gonna win trey well, last night I went with the Nuggets on an intentional swerve, and I just completely missed. This one, I'm leaning into the bean. As the last responder here, I got to go with the Mavericks. It'd be nice to change up the results from yesterday. This one's on TNT, by the way, too. Let's not forget, mm-hmm. we got the uh, TNT moving to, to Tuesday here while football's on. So Heat Mavs is the first one of the doubleheader, followed by the Pelicans and Suns. Weird games on tonight, really. You got Bucks Pistons, Kings Jazz, maybe. Uh, and then Rockets Lakers uh, at 10:30. Those are the games tonight. So, if you have questions for tomorrow's show, might be a good time to you know, slip in a little beach step in queue or two. Email them in no dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. Or leave them in the YouTube comments section below, and maybe we'll get to a couple. Um, you never know, though, Lee. Sometimes you look at these games, you go, "Ah, oh, these are going to be brutal," and Somebody gets ejected. There's a double overtime game. You never know. That's why you got to watch them. That's right. Yeah, and any team can beat any other team on any night in the NBA. There it Just is. Just thought that line was a little. Uh, it's a little weird. Yeah, I, I would have thought the the Heat would have been at least four and a half point favorites going into that one, mm. considering the start for them this season. But yeah, who knows? I don't know if Bam's playing. I'm not sure if they've announced or not. But we'll anyway, see. we'll see. Enjoy the games tonight, guys. We will be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern live here on YouTube if you want to join us for No Dunks Daily. Later today, though, set it off the top. Lee is going to join us for a little Top Shot 
Pop Boys action with Top Shot Trey and myself, Showcase Skeets. We'll uh, do some popping packs, but with moments. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, Lee. I don't know if you know uh, how well you know the 0506 NBA <laughs> season, but that's what we're going to be dealing with here as we test your knowledge. Moments and Mo Vernies and uh, yeah, should be a fun thing. Uh, looking forward to it. Breaking yeah, into no. the Top Shot world. Mo, Mo Verney will not be showing up, I don't think, on the Top Shot Hub. <laughs> Send him an invite, why not? You, you never know. You truly never know. Okay, guys, get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to athletic.com slash no dunks. Good deals to be had right now. And again, please like, comment, share the show here on YouTube. Let's get our followers up. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I'm going to address something from earlier in the show. A lot of hate coming at us because we're talking about George Niang scoring 21 on the Philadelphia 76ers. And it felt maybe like we were poking fun at him. I think it's especially uh, being focused at me because I was talking about George Niang and how I envisioned myself playing George Niang's role on a basketball team. How do you call out George Niang? He had a triple-double last year with the Utah Jets. Listen, all we're saying is he shouldn't be able to do that on a basketball floor with other incredibly talented athletic players out there. If he's in the NBA, obviously he's a great player. We support all basketball. Heck, we did the announcements for a D-League, G-League game way back in the day. It doesn't matter what league you're in, but that's why he was a great G-League player and shouldn't be as good on a basketball floor in the NBA. But anyways, he's obviously good. That's why he potted 21. Okay, see you later. Niang Niang gang strikes again, according to Eric One. Yeah, the Niang gang. That's great. That's great. Embrace the day, people. (laughs) (laughs) You could stay. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.